How's it going, coaches? You're tuning in to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for defensive line play. And this is episode number 120. So whether you're a first-time listener or been with us since the beginning, thank you for checking us out today on this final week of January as we roll along here with season four of the podcast. Well, it was a wild weekend uh, in the NFL. I mean, I don't know what else you could want uh, from those four playoff games. Uh, but I mean, the best stretch of of four NFL games that I can remember. Um, I haven't watched that much NFL in a long, long time, but uh, forcing got to tune in all of those games. And man, uh, really, it was just what an awesome weekend of, of football that was on display. I mean, you know, three games decided by a walk-off field goal by the, the, the visiting team. And then you know, of course, the back and forth there between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, just uh, just unbelievable and a ton of fun to watch. But uh, also, if I'm being honest, on some level, a little bit depressing because as a Cowboys fan, it's clear to see that my team is a long ways from competing with the league's big boys. But anyway, next weekend's conference championship games should be a lot of fun. But, you know, this time of year is always bittersweet as we're now down to just three football games left in the NFL season, not counting the Pro Bowl. That's, that's not a real game. Uh, but now we get ready to endure the next uh, you know, six months or so without football. But hey, don't worry. We'll be there with you the whole way, uh, churning out new episodes each week and helping you get better this offseason and occasionally providing you with some entertainment. I can't promise that it's on the same level as Josh Allen doing it out with Patrick Mahomes, but maybe, maybe somewhere close to that. But uh, anyway, if you aren't already subscribed to KYPD, make sure you do so so you never miss an episode. And then if you are new to our podcast, go back and check out the previous uh, 119 episodes, I guess we have now, that we put out over the last few years. We had some really outstanding guests come on who have made this, this podcast so much fun. Now, if you have been listening to us for a while, then you know that we have two great sponsors who we are honored to be working with, again, in season four of KYPD, with the first being the guys over at Our Coaching Network. Clinic season is upon us. In fact, uh, actually several coaches uh, from our staff here at Pleasant Grove are headed over to the DFW Clinic in Grapevine uh, on Friday. And I'm really looking forward to that, catching up with some of the coaches we've had here on this podcast and uh, hearing some great clinic talks. But if you want to catch some great football clinics from the comfort of your own home, then you should check out our friends at Our Coaching Network. Our Coaching Network is a new football coaching platform that connects coaches from all levels and helps them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics going off usually a couple of nights a week and we'll have hours of high quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred back to at any time in the future. This week on the network, you can hear a clinic on spilling the power and counter with Magnolia Texas High School defensive coordinator Chase Hargis on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central. That's tonight. And then uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central, you can hear a clinic on player development with Coach Ed Jones. Also, just to let you know something else that's on the horizon, you guys might remember the D-line clinic that we put on uh, in conjunction with our coaching network last spring. It was really, really cool. It was four straight hours of D-line talk uh, with really some top D-line coaches from around the country. Uh, we had uh, D-line coach uh, Dennis Johnson from Baylor. Uh, we had coach uh, Josh Aldridge from Liberty, uh, coach A.J. Blum from Katy, Ike Eggway from Fort Hayes State. We also had Coach Larry Black from Toledo. So it was really a, a, a great clinic. And if you do have a membership with Our Coaching Network, you can go back and check out that clinic in its entirety. But uh, we are going to be doing something else similar to that uh, this spring. Haven't ironed out the details yet, but the bottom line is that you need to go sign up with Our Coaching Network today. Subscriptions are super affordable and you can cancel at any time. Start connecting with and learning from coaches from all across the country today with Our Coaching Network. All right, next up, look, it's extremely important in today's day and age to build, promote, and spread your school's brand across your community, your state, and, and really even across our country. Uh, doing so does a lot for generating excitement around your program and increasing buy-in with your athletes, uh, community members. And there's no way to promote the great things going on in your athletic program than with custom-made graphics that you can create on your own with our friends at GoEdit Graphics. So GoEdit Graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics in minutes by changing the colors, text, and images of their templates to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, just to name a few. Uh, the platform is easy, it's very affordable, and no design skills are needed. 
GoEdit Graphics is a great way to showcase all your sports and athletes, and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. And in fact, they've added some really sharp-looking new templates this year that you'll definitely want to check out. And just like last season, mention Keeper Pads now when checking out and receive $25 off your Showcase yearly package. Showcase your athletes with custom-made graphics in less than two minutes with GoEdit Graphics. Well, today I am honored to welcome on to the podcast Sherman High School defensive line coach, Coach Stephen Wade. Coach Wade hails from just a few miles from where I sit right now, actually, growing up in, uh, in Texarkana, Arkansas, where he attended Arkansas High. Uh, coach Wade's story, as you'll see in our conversation today, takes some interesting twists and turns uh, after he graduates, but he ended up joining the Marine Corps where he served eight years with three tours of duty in Iraq at that time. Uh, at the conclusion of his service in the Marine Corps, Coach Wade got into coaching football and currently serves as the defensive line coach at Sherman High School uh, in Sherman, Texas, just north of Dallas there, close to the uh, Texas-Oklahoma border. Today, Coach Wade and I talk about his life growing up, uh, lessons that he's learned, and the people who have had an influence on him. Of course, you know we're going to talk some ball, and we cover some linebacker and D-line play before finishing out with our rapid-fire segment. So a lot of great stuff to get to with Coach Wade today. So let's dive right in. Here is episode number 120 with coach Stephen Wade on Keep Your Pads Down. Coach Wade, well, uh, it's great to to have you on and kind of help us kick off this uh, season four uh, of the podcast here. First of all, I just want to start by saying a happy new year and welcome to the podcast. Same to you, man, and thank you for having me, man. It's it's an honor. Um, like I sent you a message the other day telling you, I, I saw all the guys that you had on here, man, and man, that's huge, man. I'm a little old guy like myself, man. I'm I'm, I'm just blessed, man. Well, hey, you, you've uh, you've come highly recommended, so. You can do all that, uh, you know, all that poor mouth and coach talk you want, but I know that uh, that you're legit, and these guys listening are about to find out, find that out as well. So, coach, I think maybe the most exciting thing that I want to talk to you about is right off the get go here is that you're from Texarkana. You grew up in Texarkana, went to Arkansas High, which is where you know I'm coaching now in Texarkana over at Pleasant Grove High School. From my three years here, uh, I've already found out that this is a unique place. Yes. Um, you got a lot of different, uh, it's almost like a melting pot of people. Uh, yes. you know, it's a force, there's four different States. They all kind of merge in one spot. Um, mm-hmm. but for someone who grew up here, talk about, talk about what it was like growing up in Texarkana and just give us a little bit of, uh, a little bit of your background there growing up here in Texarkana. Yes, sir. Uh, no problem, coach. Um, it's like you say, Texarkana is unique. Um, Texarkana is a, uh, is a place that, of course, it's the borderline of Texas and Arkansas, but it's a lot of Cajun flavor, <laughs> um, if you want to say. Like you say, we got that, the whole four states, the Arkansas, Um, But I would say Texas is more more of your Treeport, Louisiana. Like, that's kind of what I always got from it. But, um, you know, I ended up, we'll talk about it, but I ended up going to college in Houston for a little bit. And... We we resemble Houston a lot as well. Um, so it's like you say, Texas is very unique, and it has it has its own flavor. And I, you know, I don't go back at home as much as I used to. Um, now that I'm coaching and uh, you know teaching, but I love Texas to 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 the top drop. <laughs> I love Texas <laughs> That is my hometown. Well, kind of walk us through because again. It can be a tough place to grow up. Uh, yes, sir. You know, there, there can be. You, you've. I'm sure you have stories, and, and I know that just from being around that there are a, a bunch of stories of kids who uh, were really talented ball players who didn't make it out uh, for, yes, for various reasons. And so uh, it does has it, it does does have its positives and and, and its uh, setbacks as well. Um, what were your experiences like growing up? Was it was it one of those things? Was it a positive experience for you growing up here? And 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 who were some of your influences that kind of helped steer you in the right direction along the way? Yes, sir. Um, I would say growing up in Texas County, because originally I was born and raised in Mandeville, Arkansas, which is still a part of Texas County, but you know, that's that's the country. So I grew up riding horses, roping, all that, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> but um when I was when I was about 
eight or nine, we moved up to the city and um, I lived in Spanish Trace Apartments, which is like right there by North Heights area on the Arkansas side. And then we later moved down the street to uh, Sanderson Lane. Um, Texas County is a place that, um, it's a smaller town, but you kind of learn fast living very quick. Um, you you got to learn how to navigate. It's not like it is now, how, how wild it is, but it was a little crazy back then um, when I was growing up, you know, um, I've seen now like the the murder rate and all that stuff is is, is skyrocketed. Um, but even back when I was there, you know, you still had it, it was pretty rough. Um, you know, I I was in the street for a while. I actually quit football after the ninth grade and, and started to run the streets. Um, and then I had a, a come to Jesus meeting, I guess you could say, and uh, it actually brought me back to football. And it was my senior year, and my biggest influence out of anything in uh, Texas County other than my, you know, my grandparents and my mom was uh, Coach Forte. Coach uh, Forte was my linebacker coach. Um, and all the workout videos that people see and all that, that guy right there was the dog. And I, and I told myself growing up, if I ever got in a position where I could coach or even just mentor people, I would be the dog. So that was my biggest mentor. Um, but like I say, I didn't run into him until my 12th grade year because, you know, I, I, I want to try the other lifestyle. And, um, and then my, my head coach at the time was Danny Burdine, who Coach Burdine is a, a legend in Texas County. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he sit me down one day and he told me, he said, uh, you know, Wade, where have you been all my life? And I'm thinking like uh, here in Texas County. <laughs> he was like, nah, he was like, man, you know, you're a real good football player. And I wish you would already been out here because, you know, we could have had you numerous offers. And that right there is when it kind of punched me in the face. But Coach Forte, he worked relentlessly for me. Um, he actually got me a, a walk-on offer to uh, Henderson. But at that time, you know, I'm 17, 18. I'm looking at him like, Henderson? <laughs> what am I going to go to Henderson for? Now, knowing what I know now, should have took that Henderson walk-on offer, <laughs> you know, but – um. But yeah, um, Coach Forte was my biggest influence, man. But like I say, it took a lot of navigation um, to get to where I am now. Because uh, back then, the whole Arkansas, Texas was, whoo, like there are more friends now. And like kid can just go from Arkansas to Texas school. Back in the day when I was there, that was not happening. I had um, a lot of guys that I was cool with. I'm talking about best friends that died behind the Arkansas Texas robberies and stuff. So, um, yeah, man, it was it, it's, it's been a journey to get to this point. And that's that's way before the Marine Corps. So, <laughs> yes, well, sir. yeah, and and you touched on something there at the end that is a uh, a unique dynamic for this city. And not that there's not other inner city rivalries, but I, it's different when uh, they're different states and state. You throw the state pride there uh, on the line. And that's what makes or what made, I think it's definitely been diminished over the last few years uh, yes. with Arkansas, Texas robbery. But um, from, from being here and hearing the stories from um, back in the day, uh, quote unquote, uh, when, when those two, two, two teams squared off, uh, it was a huge deal. It kind of mirrored the Arkansas, Texas Longhorn rivalry yeah. a little bit. And I know it meant a lot to people uh, in this town and in this area and hearing stories from those games um, makes me wish that it was still that way. But um, yeah. so talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you, so, so you played your, your last year there of high school football. How did you make the, the jump to the Marines? I've heard the story, but uh, <laughs> these guys to make, I want to make sure these guys hear it. Yes, sir. So how I made the jump to the Marine Corps, I was, um, like I say, I, I graduated high school. Uh, I didn't want the, the Henderson walk on. So I told myself, me and my buddy, um, you know, we decided we were going to Texas Southern. So I'm like, all right, you know, we're going to, I really want to go to U of H, but, um, you know, some things happened. I couldn't get into U of H. So I ended up going to Texas Southern, which is right across the street. <coughs> um, so go to Texas Southern. I'm down there and, um, and they have open tryouts. So it's me and a guy I've met from DC at this point, you know, we're like, oh, well, you know, we're going to go over here and, uh, actually, you know what? Let me, let me take that back. I'm going to take it way back. <laughs> So I, I go to Texas Southern. Me and that guy, we're headed to um, 
to open tryouts. And then we look at each other and like, at that time, Texas Southern didn't stand a chance. <laughs> like, so it was like, nah, I'm a little too competitive for this, big dog. So we're just going to go ahead and go back. And I just became a regular student. But um, Texas Southern was a, a short-lived trip. I'll say that I, I went to college just to be in college. I, I wasn't going there for anything other than the experience. So um, I ended up, I left Texas Southern, went to SAU in Magnolia. And, you know, I get on the right path and I'm like, well, you know, I guess I'll, I'll go to school now and, and really take it serious. So I began to go to school. Um, eventually, my transcript didn't come from Texas Southern. So SAU had to let me go. Um, so I left that school. I'm sitting at home. You know, I, I start getting bills from both schools. I'm like, man, what is going on? <laughs> and that forced me into getting a job working at Walmart. So I started working at Walmart for a few months. And I, I didn't have discipline, man. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, if Coach Taylor, if I stayed in Texas County still, I don't even know if I would have made it out, man. So I knew I needed a change. I needed discipline. Um, I wanted to do something pretty tough because I always felt like everything in my life has been a difficult um, thing to try to achieve. Like I always wanted to achieve the difficult things. So sitting there one day, cutting my mom's yard, I went over to cut a yard. I think I got work and I go in to get some water and the phone is ringing. So, you know, typically most mothers are like, well, no, nah, you know, you're not talking to the military. <laughs> so luckily she went at home. So I picked the phone up and it's a Marine Corps recruiter. Um, so we started talking and I said, Hey man, just save the speed. I said, well, you be in your office at noon. And he was like, I know it kind of shocked him because he was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, I'll be down there. So I'm so naive that I didn't even realize I'm thinking like, okay, I talk to him, go down to the office. I'm locked in. I'm good to go now. <laughs> so I go in there. Um, I take the practice exam. I pass it. And he's like, Hey, so let's get you registered for, you know, the, the official test so, you, you know, so you can go to MELPS. And I'm like, all right, cool. So end up doing it, and, and the rest was history, man. <laughs> and the rest was history. So you go to the Marine Corps. Uh, mm -hmm. how, how many years were you in the Marine Corps? I served eight fabulous years in the United States Marine Corps. And, and where uh, where did you serve on your tours? Where, where, where were you? Okay, um, I was stationed at Camp Pendleton, California, which is about 30 miles north of San Diego, California. Uh, it's, it's near, it's really Oceanside, California. Um, but I joined at the, I guess you could say, some people say the fortunate time, some people say the unfortunate time. <laughs> but I joined uh, during the Battle of Fallujah. So most of my tools were all Iraq. Um, my very last one, I ended up in Iraq. But upon leaving, we went to Australia, Singapore. Um, I also got to go to Hawaii, um, you know, so. But for the most part, I am a infantry Iraq Marine. <laughs> so somewhere along the way, uh, maybe in Iraq or maybe where you're when you're in, in uh, out in California, you had to have the thought, okay, what's what's next? What am I going to do when this is up? And yes, so sir. at some point, I'm sure coaching entered your mind. H how did how did the idea of coaching come about, and and how did you get into coaching? How did you transition from the Marine Corps into coaching? All right. Well, to be honest with you, man, um, <clears throat> I never, I never said I would coach. I knew I definitely didn't want to teach because I'm like, man, me a marine going to a classroom, like, nah, this that that can't happen. Because <laughs> um, you know, you deal with junior marines, so 17 year olds, 18 year olds, all the time. You know what I mean? I couldn't stand them. <laughs> so, um, but I always had a relationship with them. Um, I was always the relatable sergeant or, you know, Lance Corporal, Corporal, whatever rank I was at the time. Well, I was really heavy into working out back then. Like, what people see now is, is nothing. Like, it's nothing. I was, I was working out four hours a day, um, <laughs> you know, so I was, I was heavy into it. But I knew that when I got out, I wanted to work with youth, but I wanted to do more so on the strength conditioning side of things. I didn't really want to be a coach because I love football. I played in the Marine Corps as well, also um, made a few all-star games and whatnot. Um, but I just knew that part of my life, well, what I thought that part of my life was, you know, over with. Um, so I get out, 
I started training to fight. I was actually in the MMA world for a little bit. <laughs> um, and the more and more that, you know, all the working out and, and just thinking back on st- stuff you do in the Marine Corps or, or what resembled the Marine Corps, working, I worked at a bank. I worked as a car detailer. And I needed something that would get me on solid ground. And, you know, it compared to the core. And I was working out one day. I had moved to Dallas. Um, I was in Texas County. I lived in Austin first, lived in Texas County for like three months, left and came up to Dallas. But I was um, working out one day in uh, Carrollton. And I was benching. And this little lady laid on my bench. And I'm like, hey, lady, you got to get up now. <laughs> and so um, turns out she was an assistant athletic director at a private school, Green Hill, which is like a, it's like a Harvard. It's like a Harvard of high schools. Like all the kids go to Cornell. They go to, you know, Ivy League schools. Um, mostly. Well, we started talking. She was a prime Marine. Well, I'm a prime Marine. Um, hey, are you, do you love football? <laughs> Why? Yes, I do. <laughs> and, uh, so she asked me like, you know, have you ever thought about coaching? I said, believe it or not, within these past few months, I actually have because I need something that compares to the core. And so from there, she told me to come up and meet the head coach. And and before I knew it, I was knee deep, <laughs> knee deep in the coaching world. Yes, sir. So it so it all happened at the bench press. How, how much were you throwing up that day? Just curious. Uh, I think I only had like 275 on her, but I was working. It was just working sets. I think I was probably on my fifth set of like 12 or something. <laughs> um, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was at that time something light. Now it's a little heavy now. Yeah, slight a work, just slight work. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't put a little age on me now. So <laughs> I got you. So now you're at Sherman High School, uh, yes, coaching, coaching defensive line after you've been coaching linebackers. Um, yes, sir. And we're, we're going to get into some of that. Um, I heard you on my man uh, Peter Noonan's podcast. Uh, I think you were on maybe a year and a half ago or so. Yes, sir. And, and when in y'all's conversation, you said you know that you are a linebacker at heart. You're a linebacker through and through. Yes, Tell sir. me what I think. I know what you mean, and I think most of these dudes know what you mean. But for <laughs> offensive guys who might be listening who don't really get the defensive side of the ball, explain yes, to us what you mean by that when you say I'm a linebacker through and through. When when I say I'm a linebacker through and through. Um, I played in a high school, but it's the mind frame. The mind frame of a linebacker is, is uh, relentless effort, um, reckless abandonment, and I'm and I'm very physical in everything I do. Um, aggression. So that's when I when I say linebacker through and through, that's what I mean. I am, and I mean old school, aggressive, knock your face mask off. That's that's me. <laughs> Linebacker through and through, David. <laughs> it's definitely a a a mindset. Um, yes. Again, you know, this is a D line podcast. I've coached D line for a long time, and I think that's a position as well. I think there are a couple positions on the field where you have to have a right mindset. You know, you have to have the correct mindset in order to be successful. The yeah. O line is one, and that may and and I'm, quarterback is probably the other one. Yeah. Um, uh, D line linebackers, I think for sure. Are, are those positions where you just have to have a different mindset because of what you're asked to do yes, uh, in those positions. So when I say coaching linebackers, we talk about coaching linebackers. What's your favorite part about coaching linebackers? Um, I think the, the thing I like the most about coaching linebackers, you're teaching guys who are typically of, you know, pretty nice size to be able to stand up to cover a pass but also fill a run. I think that right there is pretty unique in itself. And it's just like we said, the mindset that you have to teach a young man to play that position, that's a pretty unique a unique thing. Like you say, with D-line, it's the same thing. You may have a kid that's too slow to be a linebacker, not big enough to be an uh, offensive lineman, and you have to convince this young man to put his hand on the ground, to go mano-a-mano. Um, but – I think as far as for a linebacker, like I say, just having a guy stand up and he has two things that he got to do and he has to wrap his mind around how to, you know, grasp that concept, I think that is one of the most unique things ever, man. No doubt. No doubt. That, that was one of the uh, things I always talk to my guys about this year is is um, how, how important their job was is because, you know, more than any other position on that defense, I mean, they're involved in the run game, they're involved in the pass yes. game, uh, they got to get us lined up. 
Uh, they gotta, they gotta, you know, know the front call. They gotta know the coverage, and so yes. you really do have to be a different dude to play that play that spot. Uh, walk us through some of your favorite everyday drills that you go throughout, that you work through throughout the season when you're coaching linebackers. All right, I'm pretty, I'm pretty unique in mine, I guess. Um, I do do a little bit of old school. I like to do a lot of bag work to work the feet, um, you know. Um, but I also a lot of guys probably won't agree with it, but when you look at the the Minka Fitzpatrick's of the world and and other safeties that come down and play in the box, I like to have my guys do drop drills like DBs because I want you to have nice fluid uh, fluid hips and uh, you know be able to be an athlete on the field. You know what I mean? Um, but angle angle tackling drills. Um, pulling drills. Um, I'm, I'm very heavy into like some of that stuff, but anything that's more, more so close quarters. Um, that that's what I'm going to lean heavy on, man. Um, I, I mean, anything that, anything that you can think of that's, that's in between the tackles mostly is what I'm going to work on. Um, but the, the unique aspect of mine, like I say, is I like to throw in a lot of, uh, DB work. I like to really work hips and feet. Yes, sir. Well, when you're um, when you're going through a season, let's say it's like day one of fall camp. Okay, you're, so you're starting mm-hmm. from ground zero with those guys. What are some things that you're starting with? Kind of walk us through your your coaching progression for those guys. All right. Um, typically, for for quite a while, it's going to be the stance and steps. Um, we may work in shed, uh, do a little bit of shed drill, just working on hand placement, and uh, you know, really pulling that that body down to the pocket. And uh, of course, then we're gonna go rip. Um, and then I'm a. I like to work all the the base, so stand steps, um, um, shed, and then probably that next week I'll begin to get into like my movement phase of it. So now we're looking at drops, um, you know. So just picking up the drops, depending of course what defense I'm gonna be in, but um, drops. And then by that time, hopefully, we're starting to learn our scheme. And then, you know, I kind of got more of a, a direction I can go. Yeah, I want to I wanna t- talk to you about drops. Um, okay. Because, again, I'm, a, I'm talking like uh, uh, as a guy who's coached linebackers for one year. So definitely not an expert. Uh, did a lot of uh, learning on the fly this year and, and watched a lot of uh, – Watched a lot, a lot of videos and listened to a lot of a lot of dudes talk yes, uh, on drill work and just different things. <laughs> um, so when you're working with those guys on drops, you know I did notice that that's one of the things that when when watching uh, other linebackers and this isn't being critical, it's just something I've noticed and maybe it's it's because it's it's what their coach is asking them to do. But I, I don't think that when you're especially when you're talking inside linebackers, mm-hmm. it doesn't appear that a lot of high school linebackers, at least on our level, four A level drop with any or with much intentionality you know i don't know if they're asked to do a whole lot as far as dropping in the passing game it's kind of like hey just be be underneath droppers and you know watch for crossing routes so you know what what um you know talk to about what you guys are asked to do in the passing game as far as their drops and their coverage stuff and, and how you go about coaching that um well i know for me mostly i'm telling my guys like yes you most of the time you you are asked to drop to a zone but I'm saying you're going to drop. I'm going to turn that hip. I'm sprinting to my spot because I want to try to get contact on this guy. I want to try to knock him off, delay whatever route he has going to that safety to slow him down, or I want to put that man on his back. Um, so, But for the most part, I think it's pretty typical for most linebackers to be told, like, hey, you're going to this zone. You want to be able to sit here, get your shoulders back square so I can read what's going where. But I, I just think it, it helps when you tell them, like, hey, because it, it feeds that, that brain cell that we want them to have of, hey, I want you to get there, knock that guy on his butt, and then, you know, search and assess for whatever may come next, you know, so. So when you look back, typically at the end of a season, at your linebackers and how they played, what are some common issues that you see your guys struggling with and, you know, maybe some things that, that you think you, you see that you need to, to fix in the offseason moving forward? Overthinking. Um, not, it, you know, it's just almost like it's human nature not to, to trust that first instinct, but overthinking, just getting guys to do 
and not overthink. I just, I just think, you know, we spend so much time telling them like, Hey, if you mess up, mess up going a hundred miles per hour. Well, if we can tell them, Hey, think a hundred miles per hour, don't even, you know, don't even, Hey, if, if, and then if you're wrong, you're wrong, you know, and as a coach, we can fix that part of it, but I cannot fix overthinking. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's one of the biggest things right there for, for any kid. Yeah, no doubt. I think one of the, um, and, and we're kind of working through some of this stuff now doing some of our postseason, you know, notes and analysis. And one of the things that I put down for my kids was, you know, sometimes I, I think the work that what drove me nuts the most this year was when uh, a play is going on and they're well into the play and we're getting blown up by guards or tackles or whatever. And we're still five yards deep. You yes, know? sir. And then what that means is, is we're either looking in the wrong place or we're not trusting what we're reading. And so then they're just kind of out there floating, 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 and bam, guards on you. And now we're getting eaten up. And those, yep. those, those offensive linemen are teeing off on you full speed. <laughs> and I always tell them, it's, that's like striking out looking, you know, in yeah, baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't strike out looking. And it's the same thing in linebackers. Like, you can't, you can't get out there and just float around and get blown up. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of like what you said. If you're going to be wrong, at least be wrong hitting your gap. I mean, yes, nothing yes, else. Because – you know, if you're responsible for B gap and they didn't run a B gap that play, well, then guess what? We really technically can't get mad at you. So exactly, at exactly. least fire your gun. Don't leave any bullets in the uh, in the chamber there. Yes, and indeed. I definitely um, have noticed that as well. That sometimes, especially with linebackers, that you can't wait till you see everything unfold. You got to trust that initial read and go blow something up. Yes, sir. Because it's just like it's just like when we talking pullers. If if I see something pulling, I just don't know why most kids just won't yell, pull, pull, pull. Like, like if they if they say it, you'd be amazed at what'll happen. Like, just say it, because that means hey, the play is probably going there ninety nine point one percent of the time. But you know, so um, but yeah, it's just that I think it's just that that overthinking aspect, man. I think you know, well, well coach yelling me for this, so just do it, just do it. So. I think that's the one thing that that I'm definitely gonna work with my guys on. So, yeah, uh, talk talk to me about that since since you mentioned it. Um, how are you coaching them playing a pull? Like, let's say I'm an inside linebacker, I got to pull away, uh, and you said they're saying they're hollering out pull, pull, pull. Yes, so, sir. what do they do that? What do they do next? Well, we got uh, so how we had them do? We had them start to scrape. So the guy the the side that's getting the pull. The back side, well, the play side guy where it's where it was coming from, of course, is now calling pull, pull, pull. And that that guy that it's coming to, he's going to feel. And now that backside linebacker is scraping uh, over. And um, and he's just ripping under to try to set that edge to get that guard or, or tackle turned. Um, and and hopefully we can, you know, dead to rights to play right there, or at least get it to bounce to where we can get a nice, you know, TFL. Yeah, that's pretty close to how we played as well, and 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 really liked that. Um, thought that thought that um, that worked well for us uh, when we executed the right way, you know, this year, which hey, sometimes wasn't always the case. But you know, I, I think uh, like we already mentioned, you know, the unique thing about coaching linebackers is they are involved in stopping the run and defending the pass. And you talked yes, about how much you like to you like to work and devote time to teaching those guys to play play the pass. Yes, sir. If, if we were to look at your any time during during the season, like how do you break down your individual time to cover all those things that you need to cover, all those skills that you need to cover? How much is it devoted to stopping the pass? Do you cover that in pass hole, or is that in your any time? Like how do you break down your individual time in the season? Well, typically, <laughs> typically I try to do hours because we, you know, as the season start going, you don't get much time <laughs> in the end. So uh, my my ten minutes typically well, is what we have. Um, if we're talking preseason, preseason, I may work in 10 minutes. I'm going to work majority run. Um, but then towards the tail end, cause we typically have passing whole alphabet. I'm going to start doing all my passing stuff, you know, teaching drops or at least walking, talking like, Hey, if this is there, this is what we're going to look like. Cause we started out in a, we started out in a three, four. And then we graduated to a four two five, and before that, I was in a three three stack. So, um, so you know, um, and then when we hit season, now we're talking about it's just how much time I can get. Um, if I if I can get that ten minutes, which is very rare, very we know we know how head coaches do. 
Like, you got 10 minutes, and then you about seven minutes in. All right, it's time to go. But um, um, it's just it's the team we're facing that week. Like, you know, when you look at a Highland Park, Highland Park typically has a pretty good quarterback. Um, now, this year they were more dedicated to the run, but they also had a guy that ran a 4-2 in the 40, and we knew if they passed it to him, all right, he's going to be pretty deadly. <laughs> so, um, so you know, um, I would I would sneak me some pass and, you know, drops in there. Or also, when we go to pass hole or, or, or run hole, and maybe we're off with the D-line doing stuff, now I'm somewhat chalk-talking my guys through, you know, the passing game and what we'll do and what we'll look like off to the side. So that's kind of how I sneak mine in there also. You mentioned that you guys started out as a 3-4 and then transitioned to a 4-2-5. Um, yes, sir. You know, we, we actually did the exact same thing this year, uh, me and our, our safeties coach, uh, our co-coordinators this year, and, and uh, we're trying to um, kind of keep what we had been doing on our previous coordinator in place yeah. uh, and, and, and sort of modify the 3-4 into what, was, what we were both used to, both being uh, guys with four-down front backgrounds. And then, and then we had a, uh, had a bye week between non-district and district, and we went, that, went back to the uh, – Four down front and went full fledged yeah. four two five. Yeah. Um, talk about what y'all's transition was like, and and was it something that you went all in on the four two five and 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 left the three four alone, or did you use both this year? Um, you know, a, a lot of people don't like the four two five, but I love the four two five. Um, it's to me, it's just at the high school level. I feel like if you got three down linemen, and you know, of course, yeah, we got to look at rosters and all that, but. If you got three down linemen, unless you're Duncanville, <laughs> you know, I just don't feel like a lot of us have those bodies to, you know, say, hey, I'm going to put, you know, our lifeline on the back of these three dudes. So that 425, man, it, it's, it's continuity. Um, you know, you can, you can get some good ends and, you know, have them go up the field. Now you're forcing everything to go inside. And then you can have two dog backers inside. And then, you know, that hybrid guy on the outside, like, I, I, it's just us going to from a 3-4 to a 4-2-5 was a bit of a challenge. Because, like I say, before that, our kids were in the 3-3 three, three stack. So, you know, they know the three down front. And we didn't, by any means, do we, we didn't have, like, world beaters, you know what I mean? But they understood their role in a three-man front. But um, once we finally picked the 4-2-5 four, uh, four, up, though, our guys really started to roll a little bit. Because you know now that I'm just not that nose with just an end on the other side of me. You know what I mean? Now I'm a tackle and I'm a, you know, a zero technique. I mean, a one technique. And then I got the three and now I got the two fives. You know what I mean? So um, we, we picked it up and we began to roll pretty well. But like I say, I, I really came from the four two five um, Gary Patterson style. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm all for the four two five. though. I love it. Love it. Yeah, we're fans of it as well, and and uh, you know really enjoyed it, and and it, it honestly, it, you know, from a linebacker standpoint, it didn't change a lot of what those inside guys were doing. Yep. Um, it, it did keep them a lot cleaner, though. That was for yes. sure, um, and and so that did allow them to play with some more confidence because they don't have dudes in their lap, um, yep. you know, right off the snap. So uh, that was that was good as well. Well, you did, you know, with that transition, transition into coaching some D line. So I'm curious. You know, how did you like coaching D-line and, and uh, what were some maybe some differences and similarities there that you noticed from coaching the two positions? Um, I've always, you know, when most people see me because I'm a bigger guy, so they always like, oh, you know, you must be a D-line coach. I'm <laughs> like, no, actually I'm not. But um, I like the um, D-line because it's in the trenches. You know what I mean? You um, Now you're teaching a guy to pretty much – close quarters combat. You know what I mean? You get to get your hands on a guy. You get to manipulate your hands however you need to, to you know, to beat that guy. And, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of people like to say low man wins, but it's all about leverage in the trenches. And um, once you once you get guys to understand that, man, you can make some, some mean guys down in them trenches. So I really love the change. Um, and really the only thing I would say is different from linebackers, you know, um, Coach Taylor, if you – if you just tell a guy to get on his toes a little bit, sling them hands and, you know, put three fingers in the ground, baby, that's about the only thing that's different. Uh, you yeah, know, the, you're right. <laughs> the mindset 
and everything else is the exact same. Now you're just teaching a man how to be a war, a war daddy at that point. That's right. And, and, and it definitely helps when you've coached, you know, both positions because now you know how, okay, how each one's role or job directly affects. Like if you've never coached the D line, then you kind of have an idea of, you know, what they're doing and, and, and how, how, what they do affects you. But, but, until you've actually coached both and you really don't get that, um, you know, that, that understanding of, and the same thing, what, you know, if you've always coached D-line like myself, you know, always had a pretty good idea. Hey guys, you know, Hey, get some hands on that tackle so that uh, yeah. he didn't go kill our linebacker. And now yeah. this year I'm like, Hey dude, we really got to make sure you do that because yeah. we're getting killed back here. That's a suggestion. So you do kind of have a, a better understanding uh, for, for what both, uh, go through and what they're asked to do. Yes, sir. Uh, so when, when you're looking at, at coaching defensive line, what was your favorite thing to coach about the defensive line? Um, I think one of the, the my most favorite things about coaching D-line was, you know, just uh, like the bull and pool. I love that, man. I love actually doing that, that little drill. That's a, that's a fun drill to do. But um, just seeing those guys work, man. Like I, I love seeing them get in there and really work to their gaps and, you know, really own their gaps and um, just become, you know, just, man, wreak havoc, man. Um, I think it was nothing better than that. And then, you know, at the end of this season, we actually had one of our guys that was all um, district. So, um, you know, I, I think that's just a, a testament of how, how bought in our kids were, um, the work that we put into it. Because like you say, me coming from linebackers down to D-line, it was a walk process at first. I kind of had to stand there and like observe, kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, and then the more and more I began to, to pick up on it, you know, it, it, like I say, it was, it was just the exact same thing, but now it's just in a different setting, you know, um, you know, instead of this guy's pulling across the face, well, now I'm trying to get back across him, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, it's the same as linebacker, because if it's a pool, then I'm just doing this, you know, so, um, but yeah, man, I, I I really love watching those guys work, man, and it, it it was definitely fun. I'm looking forward to continuing the D line journey. Well, I I may have a uh, a few podcast episodes you can listen to to kind of help uh, help you along the way. I love uh, it. We got, we got we got plenty of dudes on here who've um, got great great uh, information for you. All right, now here's what I want to know. Okay. Okay. So you uh, you go from being in the Marines now you're coaching. How does how does your your background in the Marines help you as a coach today? Um, believe it or not, Coach Taylor, man, I was actually just telling my head coach this. Like I always tell him this, but today, you know, I had my exit interview, so um, we were just talking about things, and and this is my Marine Corps um, coaching and sports in general is so relatable to the Marine Corps that I, I don't even think people have an idea. Because when, you, when you're in the Marine Corps, everybody's a previous athlete of some sort. It don't matter if it's hockey, football, baseball, lacrosse. It, it don't matter. Everybody's a former athlete. Um, so um, it was kind of a, a seamless transition. Um, you know, of course, the, the hardest part was being away from the game for so long. And, of course, it's different when you're playing and coaching. So, you know, um, so having to learn that process, but this is, this is my Marine Corps, man. And, and all the other jobs I had is the reason why I ended up here. You know what I mean? Like I, I needed something that had the continuity of what I had in the brotherhood that I came from. Um, and, and this is it, man. Uh, coaching is, it, it's definitely where it's at, man. It's definitely where it's at because, you, you, you know, you're you growing the next generation because I, I, I tell people all the time, for me, how I ended up in coaching, yes, you know, people congratulate me and, I you know, I fought for the United States of America and all that, but the ultimate contributing factor I can have is, is, is teaching the next generation. So, um, yeah, this, this is my Marine Corps, man. Well, I, I can't imagine. You said, you, you know, you fought uh, MMA for a while. You're in the Marine Corps. You like, you know, you, you're, you're still jacked up uh, <laughs> and, and, and throw the weight around a little bit. I can't imagine that you have any kind of issues with kids talking back to you, right? No, I don't. I actually had, but it was the other day. Uh, excuse my dog. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but um, I actually had a kid the other day that tried to pull something, but 
when most hear my voice, they know who it is, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no never mind, never mind. So, no, I don't have too many issues, but I, I think the reason I don't is because, you know, many see me as this huge, intimidating figure and all that, but I'm relatable. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm, like you say, like we talked earlier, I'm from Texas County. And to be from Texas County, you got to be a, a Swiss Army knife. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta be a little different. So, and I, I'm a little different. And uh, Sherman is actually similar to Texas County for me. So that's why I love it so much, man. And, and you know, I just, try to, I just try to feed back into this community, man. So I don't have too many problems. <laughs> Well, I, I uh, you know, we, we, we haven't talked much about, you know, your love for lifting weights and, you know, and what all you got going on. But um, when this when this episode drops, the holidays are going to be over. Okay. A lot of coaches out there, including myself, are going to be trying to get back in shape. Yes, sir. So give, give us dudes out there, uh, some us coaches who are trying to uh, stick to our New Year's resolutions, give us some advice on the best way to go about doing that when, we, when we're getting back into the weight room or, or getting back to working out for the first time in, in, in probably months or maybe years for some of us, uh, but very, uh, you know, for the first time in a few months, at least for myself. So what, what advice could you give or should, would you give us? Well, uh, the, I think the most important advice I can to, that I can give you is to go in it with an open mind, um, just as you would your job, try to fall in love with the process. You know, we, we tell kids that all the time, but sometimes we forget that there's processes for things that we have to do. So um, go in there, um, love the process, know that the results, they aren't instant. Um, it, it takes time, but if you just stick with it, everything else will, will come to fruition. Um, I think that's the biggest thing I can tell people. Uh, me, it's a part of my lifestyle. This is just, this is every day for me. Um, I'm up at 4.45 in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to the gym to work out. Um, sometimes I train my principal, <laughs> like I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a workout ball Now I still got, you know, I got the little dad vibe going, but Hey, I get in there and do what I got to do. But, um, uh, but yeah, you just, I, I love the process of it. I love the, um, people forget that the brain is a muscle and it needs to be worked. Um, so lifting really does it for me. Cause like I, like I told you, we didn't go deep into, you know, all the Iraq stuff and all that, but I've seen a lot of things. So you know, I have to condition myself, but love the process. Don't look for the instant results and just be relentless at it. Be relentless at it. I, I've, um, yeah, that's great stuff. And, and uh, you know, I've always thought like um, that, that a coach, if, if, if you can work out, if you do have a, a slightest inclination to do that, that it's really important to do that at the very least. I think like it makes you more relatable to your kids yes, sir. You know, because when they see you trying to incorporate some discipline in your own life and maybe it's not working out, maybe it's something else like maybe, yeah. but, but having something in your life that requires a lot of discipline and it is best if it is visible at somewhat to, to your kids, whether it's maybe you read or you do a Bible study every morning or, or something that something that they can see that requires self-sacrifice, self-discipline. Yes, sir. Uh, I think it definitely makes you more credible with your kids, um, you know, when, when you are willing to do some of that stuff because that's all we do. You know, we're, we're asking these 16, 17, 18-year-old kids to be disciplined and, and buy into this kind of stuff. And if we don't have any discipline in our lives, then it really is going to kind of ring hollow for them. So I think yes, I think it's important just for that, you know, the, the health, health – um, benefits for us aside, I always thought that it was really important for the kids to know and see that I lift or, you know, not that I'm being uh, arrogant about it or showy or yeah, yeah. most of them can lift more than me anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but just knowing that like, Hey, yeah, I get up in here and, at, at five o'clock or six o'clock, whatever it is and throw it around a little bit. Like, yes, sir. And, and, you know, I got three kids at home and, and, but I, I make it, you know, make it a priority or whatever. I think that's an important part uh, yes, of making you more credible with your kids. Yes, it is. It definitely is. I um, all my kids. That's, that's what they always say. They say, "Oh, oh well, we know one person that's gonna work out. <laughs> it's gonna be Coach Wade." And then I always tell them, "Yes, it will be." <laughs> I'm all you can find me if you if you know where to find me. It's one place you can find me. That's under a bar somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So yeah, no, I just um, 
it's like you say though, you know, earlier when I told you Coach Forte was my was my influence. Uh Coach Taylor, man, this guy here would would come in, man, and, and you know, we we'll be getting ready to work out. And he would come in, he'll look at the bar. He he's a, um actually a principal now in uh either Ashdown or Mineral Springs is one of them. But um he would come in there, man, he would look at the bar. And he he'd tell the he'll look at the bar and he would say, I'm the butt whooper today. And so we would look at him like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and he'd get up under, man. I mean, four or five. He hit it about five or six times, man. But I, I always told myself, if I became a coach, that's who I would be. And I kid you not. He, you know, he goes on my Facebook and you know, he comments on my pictures and stuff. And I always tell him, You're the reason why I'm here now. Um, I try to mold everything I do as Coach Forte. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, that that's that's awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, it is to, to have it to have an influence like that and and uh to um to stay dedicated dedicated to it like you have been. I know for sure that that your kids are uh um you know it makes it a lot harder for them to say no and come up with excuses when their coach is uh Seriously. you know when he's when he's um in there just just ripping it every morning. So yeah. all right, coach. Well here's what we're gonna do. I know that that uh you're good under pressure. Uh yes, sir. I mean you're a Marine and you're a football coach, so you're probably you probably don't get uh, flustered easily. So we're going to shoot some uh, rapid fire questions at you here. And there may be a couple in there that are kind of tough. So, okay. uh, but I think you can handle it. So you ready to roll? Yeah, let's try. All right, coach, here we go. Here's the first one. Give you a couple. Uh, here, here's a, here's a softball for you to start off. All right. So we've been talking about the weight room. Wh- which do you prefer squats or deadlifts? Squats. Okay. Now why? Um. Well, I, now I'm definitely going to say uh, squats because, uh, about a few weeks ago, I was doing deadlifts and I pulled something in my hip. So my perfurious formless muscle in my hip, it just ain't working no more. So I'm not as, as strong as I used to be, man. <laughs> so squats right now is, is definitely a, a go-to. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, that's the thing is kids always want to ask. It seems like the answer to every kid's question about sports performance like yeah. squats is the answer. It's kind of like uh, oh, yeah. God and Jesus in Sunday school. Like that's yes, always sir. the answer. You know, I want to be faster. Squat. Yeah. I, I want to uh, jump you know, higher. Slows to jump higher. Squats. Uh, yeah. So, um. And and so anyway, that's just uh. And they're they're not fun. I mean, I I don't I don't particularly enjoy them, but I do them because kind of the reasons we talked about. Because yes, sir. It's just one of those things like. You, you just got to do it, and and uh, you got to build that self discipline. Okay, all right. Here's a, here's a, here's another one. Uh, when it comes to uh, food choices, all right, barbecue or Tex Mex? Uh, I'm gonna go Tex Mex. Okay, they got any good Tex Mex places over there in Sherman? Yeah, we got a few of them. Um, barbecue, you know, I guess I grew up on it so much, so that's why I'm gonna say Tex Mex. But yeah, we got some pretty good spots around here, and plus, I love me some Tres Leches cake, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Especially, yeah. uh, you, you probably get you a slice of that uh, around around the holidays here. I'm sure that that might be around somewhere. All right, I, I think we have a student bring me some. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, all right. For you, coach, pregame routine. We we bump into music or no music? Um, nah, it depends. But um, most of the time, yes. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna bump a little music. I'm gonna go sit off in a corner. Um, start kind of get my head right. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a little music in there. What's on the uh, Coach Wade game day playlist? Oh, man, you know, like I say, I'm from Texas County now, uh, Coach Taylor. So, you know, I'm going to throw a little boost in there. You know, I'm gonna have me a, I might have me a little sale in there. Um, might little, put a little Seven Army Nation in that thing, you know. Um, of course, I'm going to go to Houston with it. I'm, I'm going to have a little Houston music, have some Slim Thug, some uh, Pimp C, you know. So, you know, it's going to be a nice collective. Hey, we, we might need to exchange playlists because uh, oh, they sounded kind of similar. Now, now this was um, – I don't know if you saw this, but because um, you talked about little Boosie, so it made me think about this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, his song, Set It Off, that's a pretty, yeah. pretty popular song. for. Yeah. But I don't know if you saw Marlin, which is a little bitty school in Central Texas. Yes, they I were, did. That's what, that was their walkout song. I don't know if you saw them. Like, they're coming out of the locker room, and there's a kid, like a trainer, rolling the speaker out. Yes, set it off, and the head coach is leading them out, and and they're all yes. singing it, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Man, uh, I shared that on Twitter. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah, I like it because you know, at the end of the day, you allowing the kids to have fun because right there they know, like, okay, coach kind of understands us now. You know what I mean? And it it just it's, it provides a different spark, man, and and that's just what it's all about, man. Because we we know, we know at the end of the day, 
we can drop all the X's and O's we want to, but if it ain't about the Jimmys and Joes, we, we won't be where we, where we need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, most memorable moment from this past season. All right. Most memorable, um, most memorable moment. I would say our last game against West Mesquite, man. Um, we got our fourth victory, but it dawned light on what we can look forward to. Um, it showed a lot of fight in our kids, which we these kids in Sherman are very resilient. Um, and that's another reason why I love it so much. You know, we can have a lot of times and moments where we look at them and like, man, you know, they just don't get this, they don't get that. But then the moment that we count them out, they stand up with their chest out and they chin up. And I think that game right there is going to springboard us for next year. Because um, you already got one kid that just got an offer from Pitt. Um, and he's a basketball guy. He's not even a football guy. You know what I mean? So um, for all the kids out there, multi-sport uh, athletes do matter. <laughs> um, so if you're not a multi-sport guy, get in it. <laughs> Power lifting, whatever, get in it. So, yes, sir. All right. I noticed behind you that you got several books. Uh, what's your, uh, what's a, a book that you would recommend to, uh, to some coaches out there? Oh man, I got the um I think the, the Tony Dungy series, but this Nick Saban. Oh yeah. The making of a coach is a pretty good one. Um and anything by Cody Alexander. <laughs> I would suggest anybody to go grab a book by Cody and uh dive in that 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 dude there is legit. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh I just don't know how he has time to do all that stuff. I mean, I, it'll be like lunch links or whatever. I'm like, dang, dude, how long is your lunch break? Because I'm over here, you know, back when I was teaching class, like I'm trying to like scarf down my lunch and, and, and grade some papers or, you know, yeah. a few emails. And my man's yeah. like breaking down Oklahoma yeah. you know, front or something, or, <laughs> you know, uh, not Oklahoma, been Alabama. But anyway, yeah, yeah. He, uh, but he is, he's awesome. And, um, yeah. you know, really, really sharp dude on, on all aspects of football, you know. I yes, sir. A, I know he's a secondary guy, but I'm I'm also gonna tell you about another book that I got. It's called Thursday Night Lights. It's actually pretty interesting. It's about um all the African American schools who won a championship. Um it's right. Hold on, let me grab it. Like you say, I got a lot of books going on up here, so uh, but this book right here. It's actually pretty unique. And, and one of the reasons I, I really like it, as I was going through it, it had Washington High School from Texas County, Arkansas in there. Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, and Dunbar, I believe, which was a school on the Texas side yeah. back in the day. Um, okay. they, they have championships in here. And then, of course, Sherman is in here from uh, Coach Ed Hunt, who was um, at, I think the school was George Washington up here. They won a, a, a state championship. So that's the only state championship in Sherman as well. So that book right there by Michael Hurd is a pretty good book as okay. well. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yes, sir. All right, a couple more here. What is your most used expression or word on the practice field? So we were pulling your guys and said, hey, what's one thing Coach Wade always says? What, what, would, it, what would it be? It might be explicit. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, one thing I'm always going to tell them is, like, hey, boy, <laughs> that's going and if you get a hey boy that mean yep you done did something wrong it's going to snap around huh oh yeah 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 <laughs> so that that's that's one but for the most part um anything to do with yelling i'm the um i'm the discipline guy i'm the motivator um <laughs> so um, i'm the weight room guy but um so you know it it no telling what that'll come from new kids they they may tell you all types of stuff i do I, I, and i'm and I got to shout my basketball team out while I'm on here because they told me I had to. But um, now them, they get a lot of facial expressions. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. Hey, sometimes those facial expressions are, are uh, more effective than anything you can say. Oh, man, you know, because, you know, being basketball, you're in a confined space. So it's not like football. I got my headset on. I can yell. And so I just got to give them that look that, you know, I got to let that give a little bit of the rock's eye. Like, yeah, come on now, man. Yeah, come on down there. <laughs> All right, one question, one, one, one last question here. This one might get you in some trouble if you ever do want to come back to uh, Texas <laughs> But, you know, a lot of great athletes come through this place, Coach. Um, oh, we could name them off. Um, but but I, in your opinion, best athlete to come out of Texarkana 
not named Stephen Wade. And I can I even give you, you can say top three. Okay, top three. Well, I'm going to tell you one I'm going to throw in there, and that's because he near and dear to my heart, and it's my baby brother. Stanton, Stanton Wade, he played at ULL as an offensive lineman. Uh, he went, went to Reedley Junior College out of Arkansas High. Um, made freshman All-American his first year at Reedley. Went to ULL. So that's definitely going to be one of mine. It's going to be my little brother. Um, another one is going to be my cousin, um, Dennis Johnson. That's going to be another one. Um, and, man, it's so Oh, it's so many. I hate you did this to me. <laughs> um, it's so many. I'm going to say this one name, but then after that, I'm going to name some guys that, that should be in there. Audible mentions. Audible mentions. There we go. I'm gonna you got to come back and see the family sometime. And you got yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got you. I got you. Yes, sir. So, um, hands down, you got to give it to – man, you got to split. I got to split the number one. I'm sorry. But it got to be Rod Smith and Nathan Bash. Yeah, those are two, two. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot of pushback um, with, with those two guys. Yes, sir. And then after that, honorable mentions, you can go Eric Warfield. Um, I got another cousin, Brandon Barnett, Freddie Barnett, um, one of the best to ever do it, Willie Whitmore. Um, hell, I'm even say Zalois Abbey from PG back in the day. Um, Brandon Rollins, who's a coach over at um, LE now. Um, Man, Carlos Jones was Michael Vick before there was a Michael Vick. Uh, Raymond Adams, Corey Kelly. So the list goes on and on. And I hope a lot of people hear this. And and, and guys that don't recruit the Texas County area, you may want to go recruit the Texas County area. There are a lot of athletes from Hope, Arkansas, all the way over to Pleasant Grove, Texas. And I can promise you that. And I can we can go even way to Hooks in New Boston. There are a lot of guys down that area. That, you know, I get to, I'm the recruiting coordinator, so I get to talk to uh, a lot of, the, you know, the guys that come through and, and uh, especially when they're kind of younger guys, um, I always ask them, hey, is this your, is this your recruiting area? And, and they say, yeah. yeah. I said, man, you lucked out because you don't have to go very far. Um, yes. First of all, you don't have to get out of Texas Canada, you know, to fill a roster, um, yeah. especially if they're a D2 school. And yeah. I said, then you can go down the road, you know, get on, get on 30, start driving west and you hit New Boston Hooks. Yes, and, uh, and then you can get you can get to uh, to you know get Pittsburgh, get off and get get into Gilmer and or go to Longview or uh, Kilgore. I mean, it's just uh, they're, they're, everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. Yes, and, sir. Uh, and then like you, we didn't talk about going north into Arkansas or northeast yeah. of Arkansas. So yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, there's 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 a lot of dudes that uh, that come from this area for sure. Well, Coach, um, just wants to tell you again, thank you so much for for joining us, and and want to thank you for your service. And I really do appreciate that. Uh, as we talked about before our conversation today, that the, the, the Marines will always be near and dear to my heart and um, just have a ton of respect for you and, and, and want to thank you so much and wish you the best of luck this offseason. Thank you. Thank you. And I do the same to you, man. And I, I appreciate you again for, for even bringing me on, man. It's, um, it's always a pleasure to do things like this. Um, and, you know, to me, they're always, and I don't care if I, I did Peters, and that's my guy, man. Peters is my guy. Um, but these are once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, especially, you know, being a guy from coming from Texarkana and not even, you know, not even having a vision that I would make it to this point one day. So, um, man, I thank you. And, uh, yeah, man, this was awesome. This was awesome. Thanks again to Coach Wade for joining us today. He is a lot of fun to talk to and really just an all-around great guy. And, and I get the feeling that his kids probably love playing for him. So uh, you should give Coach Wade a follow on Twitter at Coach Wade Steven. That's S-T-E-V-E-N. Uh, and let him know you heard him here on KYPD. Also, if you'd like to shoot Coach an email, you can do so. Uh, his email address is stevewade07 at hotmail.com. I'll have that email address in today's show notes as well uh, in case you missed that. Uh, also, make sure you're following us on Twitter at KYPD Podcast. And if you're liking what you're hearing, then do us a favor and give us a five-star rating and a detailed review. That goes a long way in helping to spread the word about our podcast here. And hey, it makes me feel good. So there you go. Our quote of the day is this. Everything you do in life is an interview because you never know who's watching or what they're looking for. And with that, 
we will roll on up out of here. But be sure to go and check out our sponsors and go at it graphics and our coaching network. And then join us right back here next week when we talk with a D-line coach from a program in the state of Texas that won a state championship this past season. Until then, have a great week. Bring the energy wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And one more thing. Say, boy, this is Coach Stephen Wade from Sherman High School. Always keep your pads down.